frequency of heaven I wanna be Good morning, beloved. This is Pastor Caleb Plum, and welcome to the Frequency of Heaven podcast. I just, uh, I thank God for you. you. You were put here with purpose. You're here for a reason. There are things that even today, God is waiting for you to pray and ask him to do so that he can move and work. And you can see that and you can be filled with joy. And that's according to John 16, verse 24. God loves to answer our prayers. He wants to see you walking in blessing and authority. Today, I have a very simple gospel message for you that comes from Acts chapter 10, verse 36. Let's pray. Lord, we're asking for a move of your spirit. Holy Spirit, I'm asking for your anointing, for your blessing, for your direction. And Father, I pray that you would uh, just play a beautiful song into the hearts and the minds and you'd sing over your people through this message today. They could receive and hear and know that uh, you're with them and that even in the darkest hour, you are Lord of all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Acts 10.36, simple verse, says this. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel. Peter is preaching at Cornelius' house, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. Watch this. Who is Lord of all? Lord of all, dramatic pause. I did it on purpose. He's Lord of all. There was a lady back in Iowa. She used to say, you know, if we don't believe he's Lord um, of all, then we don't really believe he's Lord at all, you know? And, and that's true. And But the next part of this passage, let me just read a couple more verses. You know what happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism of John, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. He healed all. So the Lord of all goes on a mission to deliver every piece of darkness from people that he would encounter. And you know what? Jesus wants to do this with us. Now, I want to bring this concept of Jesus being Lord of all to a very practical level. And I just want us to stop for a minute. If we're going to get on the frequency of heaven, we have to be super honest. It is so easy to have a closet in our house full of junk we don't need. There could be even a chemical from, you know, cleaning the carpet or some kind of chemical from, you know, um, a Clorox or something in there that's been tipped. I mean, there could be bad stuff in this closet, but we don't clean it. We just leave it there. And there's not order and there, there could be unhealthy things in there. Our hearts are like a home. And sometimes we shove stuff under the rug. Sometimes we don't deal with stuff. But I want to ask you something. Is Jesus, are we letting him be Lord of all, every nook and cranny, beloved. The Lord is not happy to have 98% of us. He wants it all. He's Lord of all and he deserves it all. And I just feel like the Lord is inviting, oh man, I, I really feel the Holy Spirit. Now I know it's gonna happen later today. I'm gonna think about this podcast. I'm like, oh, this was all just for me. There's something I need to deal with <laughs> in my own heart. But do, do we let him deal with all? 
it's easy to have a little bit of a grudge. There's someone, we don't like them. They rub us the wrong way, but we don't really deal with that. We don't really say, Lord, what's going on? Like, why is this person rubbing me the wrong way? What's really going on under the hood? The check engine lights have been on for a while, but we were scared to actually figure out what's going on. We don't let him be Lord of all. Now let's go here to, I think a passage, I, I reference this often, but in second Corinthians 10, there's a verse, I think, that kind of helps us understand this whole Lord of all concept. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10 talks about anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God is stuff that we're not really letting him be Lord of all. Okay, let's start here. Let's jump in verse 3, 2 Corinthians 10 Three, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world wages war. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And some versions will say that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Everything that exalts itself, everything that sets itself up against God, there's stuff in our minds, there's stuff in our hearts, there's stuff in our lives that is not yielded to Christ. It's actually against Christ. It says in James 4 that if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. So is he Lord of all? Where is their worldliness? Where's their sin? Where's their grudges? Where's their darkness? Where is their, uh, we're feasting on the things of this world, the entertainment, the politics. We're feasting on sports. We're feasting on retail therapy instead of prayer to get us through our problems. What is it, if we're really honest, um, we're not letting him be Lord of all. He's not, greedy for you, but the Bible says he's jealous for us. Isn't that crazy that God is a jealous, he's jealous for us. He wants all of us. I don't want Melanie flirting with anybody. <laughs> you know, I don't want her, you know, interested in anything that would affect our relationship. Well, God's jealous of us, you know, he jealous, not of us, but he's jealous for us. He, he wants all of us. And um, he, he desires every nook and cranny of our heart. So we have to get to that place where we, we slow down and we ask God to come in. David prayed this prayer, search me, O God, and see, examine me. Is there any wicked thing in me? Now, even if we go to 1 Corinthians 15, this was on my heart. 1 Corinthians 15 is an awesome passage because people were a little confused about the resurrection of the dead and how that was all going to work when Jesus came back. And there's a little bit of a debate going, let me read 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, we'll start at verse 24. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God, the father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. Okay, he's Lord of all, folks. He is going to destroy all dominion, authority, and power. For he must, until he has put all his enemies underneath his feet, the last enemy to be, to be destroyed is death. And you know, Jesus dealt with destroying death. Jesus took care of death when he rose from the dead and he defeated death. 
and he broke its power. And you get on in the later, in the end of 1 Corinthians 15, it says, death, where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? Here's a hard thing. Have we let Christ be Lord of all? in the areas, the nooks and the crannies where there's been death. Now, uh, this could apply to actually losing a loved one, but it also could apply um, to areas where a marriage died, <laughs> a friendship died, something died. He, guys, he's Lord of all. He's Lord. He's Lord. He is magnified King of Kings. It says in Ephesians 1, he is far above a rule, authority, power, and dominion. And he is to be glorified. He's a glorious Lord, even in death. Look what it says if you read in back in our original verse, Acts 10, 36. The next verse says, after right after it says he's Lord of all, it says, you know what happened Throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism Jesus preached, or that John preached. Now, you remember, in Jesus' life, there were times he was falsely accused. There's times that he was mistreated and, and people were suspicious. In John 6, a bunch of people left him. He was questioned. He was harassed. There were wanted posters out for him, and eventually they arrested him. He had a lot of heart. He had, a, he had Judas betray him, best friend, or one of his good friends betray him. Peter denies ever knowing him. It, was he Lord in all those situations? You bet he was. He was Lord. He never stopped being Lord when, when good friendships broke because he stayed true to the Father. His heart was pure. Even on the cross, was he Lord being crucified, he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. His heart was still pure. His heart was still good. He still was obedient. You see, he's, he, he, God was glorified in every part of Jesus, every place he walked throughout Judea, Samaria, and Galilee, everywhere he went. And when he crossed the Jordan and went into the Decapolis in these outer regions, you remember he went to the Decapolis, he gets off the boat on the Sea of Galilee, he gets off the boat and the guy with a legion of demons comes, falls at his feet and says, son of the most high God, what do you want with me? Well, that's me. Jesus was Lord of all. <laughs> this guy, the moment God's feet touched the ground, the man full of demons comes and falls down at his feet and says, what would you have? Don't, don't, you know, don't torment me. <laughs> the man that everyone was scared of falls at Jesus' feet. Why? Because Jesus is Lord of all. Everywhere he goes, everywhere. He, he, listen, let Jesus into your mind. Let him into your, let him into your pain. Let him be Lord. Let him be Lord. What does that mean? It means you trust him. It means you surrender. You know, if you have a Lord over some lands and, and you are uh, a farmer on those lands, and he's Lord. I mean, he, he runs the show. You follow his rule. And, and Jesus, his rules are not burdensome. They're actually, his rules lead to freedom. So he says, forgive. He says, pray for your enemies. He says, um, if you have something at the altar and you remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar, go be reconciled. I mean, Jesus has these commandments. We want him to be Lord of all because he's a good Lord. <laughs> Paul referred to himself as a bond slave of Jesus Christ. 
because he realized that the lordship of Jesus was so good. He wanted to be his bond slave. He called himself, it was his nickname for himself. Let him be Lord. Every hurt, every pain. Let him be Lord. Every name, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you know, it says in Romans 10, 13, how it begins. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, obviously that's talking about our salvation in Christ. Is there an area of your heart you need to activate Romans 10, 13, an addiction, a wound, um, a tormenting thought that keeps coming up over and over. You know it's not the Lord. Your mind doesn't have peace. See, when, when the Lord is ruling something, there'll be peace there. Why? He's the Prince of Peace. <laughs> he, and when Jesus was being born, what did the angels say? Peace on earth, goodwill to men, glory to God in the highest. He came to bring peace on earth, goodwill to men. And that's part of the way you know. That's how we know he's Lord. But if he's not, we don't have that peace, then he's probably not ruling there. And if we don't have the peace, Romans 10, 13, call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved, beloved. Where are you struggling with peace? Where are you struggling with surrender? He's not pointing a finger at you. He's not angry. He, he's known about this before time began. He's just leading you to the open arms, to the reception of a father who says, come here, put your head on my shoulder. I know this is hard, but I'm already Lord. Let me be Lord. Doesn't mean he instantly makes things happen the way we want. It means we surrender. We put it under his authority and we let go and we trust. And we find peace. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for those listening today. God, I just pray you would rapture them up in your presence. Put your loving arms around them. And um, Lord, I ask that you'd forgive us for every moment, every detail where we sit on the throne. We get off the throne today. We put you on the throne. <laughs> we let you be Lord of all. And we thank you for the peace that comes when we do it. <laughs> we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, have an awesome week, beloved. I want to be on the frequency of Christ. I want to be on the frequency of heaven.